Welcome to Fantastic Females, our adventure to finding the mythical island of freedom together. I'm Kalyani. And I'm Rupali. We are your next-door finance experts, sharing our experiences in the world of money and energetics. Hi, everyone. Um, Welcome back. So today we're going to be talking about Tesla, Elon Musk, Twitter, given that that's all the buzz in the news these days. Um, you see his name come up a lot, you see Twitter come up a lot, and Elon Musk come up a lot. And I know a lot of people that aren't quite uh, familiar with what's been happening. So we thought we'd shed some light on the situation based on our knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been such a popular story and there is a lot of um, a lot to read up on it. There, there are a lot of facts and a lot of sides to the story. Um, it may be interesting for some, some people may not relate to it, but it's hard to ignore it. It's really all around us. So we're here to break it down in an easy way for you to understand. Yes. So maybe let's just go back to basics in terms of who Elon Musk is, because we know him as the Tesla guy. We know now that he's the Twitter guy, um, but maybe let's just go back to basics and um Let's just bring it back to basics and uh, discuss who he is as a person, as an individual. Um, Elon Musk was born actually in Pretoria, South Africa, which is where I am from. Um, wow. He's, <laughs> I had no idea, actually. I have to say I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty ignorant about his origins and uh, his personal kind of details up till now. Yeah. So let's, let's, let let me actually uh, elaborate a little bit on that then so that uh, we can all kind of know who this guy is. Um, Yeah. So he was born in Pretoria. He was born in 1971, Mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, makes him around 51 now. And he moved to Canada when he was 17. Um, He's got very many companies down his belt in terms of being the founder of companies uh, majorly in tech and uh, finance. So Zip2. his very first company was called Zip2, which he found with his brother. The startup was then acquired in 1999 for $307 million at the time, which is well more than what $307 million means today. The same year, he also co-founded the online bank, which is called X.com. Uh, This company later then uh, merged with a company called Confinity in 2000, which makes it one year. He founded it in 1999. It merged with another company within the same year to form PayPal, which then thereafter was bought by eBay. So eBay bought PayPal in 2002 for $1.5 billion. So this is kind of what he's done in his initial few years of entrepreneurship Um, as a young guy. He sold his first company at the age of 28. I think that's very, very inspiring. At that age, having found and sold a company, I mean, Kalyani, you relate to that, don't you? Because you formed and sold a company at quite a young age too. So so kudos to you too. I did. And uh, you always remind me and (laughs) make me laugh. I never thought um, Elon Musk and myself would be brought up uh, in the same sentence. But thank you for that lovely parallel. I will remember this in future. so yeah, uh, I, th- I definitely think it's a big achievement. I mean, I've not founded or sold any company, so there you have it. Um, um, I would like to, just for people who might be curious, mention that 1.9 billion from 
2002 with a standard level of inflation comes to about 3 billion dollars today so uh, it's it's a large figure and he then went on to invest this i would imagine in his next venture which was spacex completely different completely out of the box and yeah we can carry on talking about what he did yeah um thanks for that as you said he did um, invest that into spacex that's an aerospace manufacturer this was in 2002 this was years before people were talking about a lot of these space ventures and missions and things like that that's 20 years ago um you know that's quite a long time ago and and so he found that in 2004 is when he was an early investor into tesla so maybe let's just break that down again in terms of tesla he's not the founder people link tesla and elon musk directly as if he's the only person who you know he as if he's the founder he's not the founder Tesla was incorporated in 2003 by Martin Eberhardt and Mark Tappening as Tesla Motors. So he eventually becomes the largest single share owner of Tesla, uh which is probably when a lot of us or after which a lot of us actually found out a lot more about Tesla given the way he drove his, the company. As we see he has quite a unique approach in what he does and how he does it and his latest story is about Twitter. Now, Kalyani, when do you think the first time it was when he wanted to when when he kind of said he wants to invest in Twitter? So, I personally only heard about it uh in April May this year when I was dabbling into day trading and his his reactions or Twitter's responses were having such a major impact on how the stock was moving on that day especially Tesla was moving on that day and it would also have an impact on Nasdaq's index as well um so that's when i heard about it i i didn't know about this before so i just read about it and uh, he kind of first indicated that he'd like to uh, buy twitter or invest in twitter um in 2017 Um, um yeah so about 4 to 5 years later is when all of this kind of pans out so when we get impatient with our decisions and our intentions and all of that i mean let that sink in 5 years later elon musk such a strong personality that's when he gets what he wanted in I a very it. difficult challenging way but Correct me if I'm wrong also Rupali uh, from what I understand his reasons for wanting to be um at a, in a controlling position with Twitter was to be somewhat of a legitimate competitor to Meta or Mark Zuckerberg being the biggest holder of data human data in in our world currently um there are 3 billion users of Facebook and 2 billion users of Instagram last i checked um there might be duplicates of course uh, amongst these populations but that's a massive number of people who subscribe to these products and who post on them regularly they have relationships based on these products people are getting married now based on social media and we've heard we we've heard things like you know your insurance premiums will be based on what the companies can see on your social media if they see you drinking a lot your insurance premium might be higher in the future um jobs are definitely being screened job prospects are definitely being screened in terms of employers um looking at 
prospective employees social media to know more about them etc so so much of our life and so much of data is being stored in that meta system that um that becomes a very singular monopoly in the world and he wanted to give that a uh, check he wanted to bring more democracy in that market and that's his pure ideological reason for going far lensed in acquiring twitter exactly uh, data is all all what it's about isn't it big data ai this that that it's all data related and data's becoming such a commodity that uh, every big corporate every little company everyone is kind of after data because that's ultimately the future you can do whatever you need to with it and so with that comes power and yes along with that i think it's also about the influence that social media has on people and i think elon musk elon musk has made it very clear that freedom of speech is a big thing and uh, individuals controlling what we're able to express and what we can't is something that he doesn't support and so that's also a drive behind it so um to kind of pan out or, or move forward on his uh, intention to buy twitter on march 2022 on the 14th uh Elon Musk quietly acquires about 9.2% of Twitter quietly i love it quietly <laughs> <laughs> quietly uh because uh you know with that comes a threat uh he bought it in the open market which is what quietly means um yep. it's not that quiet i agree with you um and the amount was certainly not uh, something that would remain quiet but um i think uh yeah let's just kalyani why don't you kind of elaborate on what open market means open market means the market that you and i would normally go to when we want to buy shares and it's where buyers and sellers come together to exchange shares of companies in exchange for its price or the value of the share um normally when it's a large buyer or an institutional buyer they have different ways of procuring large stakes in companies um sometimes it's also a very like you know sit down conversation with the board of directors especially when we're talking about such a large amount such a large kind of singular ownership and can you uh, uh, let's go into a little bit of detail rupali about what happened because um even i had a question you know like a like an initial question about oh why would the leadership of twitter want to hand over their company um to someone who who sometimes is not very politically correct and will now be hemming this uh this microphone uh you know will now be hemming this large media organization so let's just go back in terms of what happened to highlight how it all happened to give you your answer sure um so basically after he um purchased his he quietly acquired his 9.2% in the stake he then uh, disclosed uh, this stake to the company uh he then uh, filed uh to the us regulator revealing that he is the largest um shareholder so after this was revealed this is when within a day of disclosing his stake musk was offered um a seat on the board uh, which he then uh, accepted on twitter's board that is mm-hmm. 
But for some reason, and that was on 5th of April, but for some reason, six days later on, on the 11th, he decided against joining Twitter's board. So that action, that act basically fueled speculation that there will be um, a hostile takeover of Twitter. So yeah. that's when all the drama really began. That's probably when most of us heard about what's going on. And after that, there was a lot of kind of um, back and forth around the deal, some offers being made. Um, Twitter, the company, did not want uh, Elon Musk to take over it. And um, it, it launched what's called a poison pill, which is... Um, which is something that's used by companies to prevent a hostile takeover. Can I so, just um, stop you for a second, Rupali, to go yes. into a little bit of detail about a hostile takeover? Um, so yeah. when companies go public, this is one of the risks that they need to accept in terms of unknown people taking over parts of your company. This is the cost of raising the funds from the public, right? This is the cost of sharing ownership. So... In certain cases, when billionaires or large corporations um, see profit in in upcoming businesses, they might be able to just buy uh, a majority share. And based on the company's kind of board of directors, etc., there may not be a lot that can be done in such a situation. Um, just a random parallel back to Disney, my current favorite right now, and we spoke about it in our last podcast episode, hopefully you've all heard it, um, will be that they went through two cycles of an attempted hostile takeover as well. And in such situations, um, the most commonly known two options would be to either be able to share ownership in a in a conducive manner, in an amicable manner, and have uh, the single shareholder as an individual or the corporation come in uh, as a part of the board of directors and there there should be some sort of consensus in leadership styles in the vision for the company etc or the the parent company would need to produce enough funds to buy this person's takeout and then they're at the mercy of this person and that person or the corporation may or may not agree and this becomes a really messy muddy kind of situation and that that's what we refer to as a hostile takeover. Twitter decided to make it harder for or less profitable for Elon Musk um, to take them over but Elon Musk persisted. Uh, Twitter had some offers from private equity funds as well but that didn't work out because Elon was blocking those deals from going through I'm guessing. And then what happened, Rubali? <laughs> I want to know right. the story. So after, hmm? I want the story. I feel like I'm listening to a story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after that happened, basically, there was some back and forth. Eventually, the deal went through, uh, which is when then he kind of had to announce how he's going to fund this deal, right? And that's when a lot of speculation began. So um, uh, on April 29th, which is... A few days after the deal kind of went through, um, he boosts his cash position by selling off $8.9 billion in Tesla stock, saying no further sales were planned. Yeah, this is when I was hearing about it, like I mentioned, around April time. Yeah. So he then eventually kind of, I mean, that's how it all played out. I mean, they were hiring freezers. Um, 
there were there's a lot been in the news recently he's kind of gotten rid of the board he's named himself the chief executive he's um he's done lots of uh, you know things uh, in the company um the company has lost uh, revenue as a result of that too um because uh, big companies that were advertising with him were concerned around advertising on twitter because of you know the uncertainty around the company itself um then i think we've all heard this one where initially well, twitter has a blue tick which is a verified account um and that was meant to have uh, had a price so it's free it it used to be free um i think it still is um but it was announced that it will be $4 after which then um Elon Musk came out and said no it will be $9 and he wants at least 50% of um twitter's revenue to come from this blue tick revenue so that's also driven a lot of speculation on the market something else that i also read about that was very interesting in terms of you know other car brands and companies that advertise with twitter they also put their advertising plans on hold because think about it uh, elon musk is um owner of tesla he drives uh, you know that's his company well now i think now i think it's about 15% that he holds um but they kind of have doubts that he will then take their information and use it um you know in ah. in, in unethically so there's a lot yeah. going on behind the scenes or actually i mean i know about it so it's probably not behind the scenes but there's a lot going on <laughs> around this company and everything so yeah so so kalyani don't you want to then go into you know bring it back to stock markets and kind of highlight why tesla's uh, stock price has been so volatile and what's happening there the one word answer would be sentiments and market sentiment two words really <laughs> but um all of this uncertainty markets don't like uncertainty and there is too much going on with this entity elon musk tesla twitter if we lump them together there's too much going on there for the market to uh for for the share price to grow for the market to see confidence in the companies um and you may have heard of you know if you watch shark tank or something they, there's always talk of people investing in venture capitalists in that case investing in the vision of the person behind the company not so much the product not on the way the presentation is made etc so once again investors in twitter and tesla are investing or in or away from elon musk and how they perceive him to be and if he's not coming across as being very stable then the company's investors want to flee and they want to cut their losses they don't want anything to do with this and invest their money elsewhere even at a loss um that's what's happening and there's there's a part of that and there's also a part of in from tesla's perspective if elon musk is selling their shares they don't know now what happens to the majority leadership the majority ownership of the company and tesla is so synonymous with elon musk that that the common investor doesn't know what it would mean in terms of his final shareholding capacity etc so his die hard fans who bought into the vision of Elon Musk equals Tesla Motors and would um were die hard fans of uh, the cars as well 
um don't quite know where they sit now so they're they're selling their sh- shares in that fear in that anxiety and of course there are rumors of um Elon Musk selling his shares um on a large scale which obviously means that tesla's shares have increased in supply and that always means that the price has gone down um so that's pretty much what's happening right now i would also like to mention that tesla was included sorry in s&p 500 only in 2019 so before that it wasn't considered big enough um to be included in s&p 500 s&p 500 is an index which is used to measure the performance of generally the stock market in in the us it's taken as an indicator um and it includes the 500 largest companies in the us markets so it wasn't even considered big enough until so recently as recent as 2019 um so maybe the investors the stock is not as mature as we think as it is and we need to um we need to see it um in a, in its 360 instead of just you know getting anxious and going with the waves of the market right now so just to kind of uh, add color to what kalyani just mentioned around uh, stock price volatility uh, and what's happened um equity markets this year in so so that means stock markets this year have had a rough year um and the us stock market depending on how you look at it i'm just looking at msci us um has lost around 22% from the 1st of january to today that's based on the speculation around interest rates inflation which staying high and we discussed a lot of these things in our previous episode so if you'd like further information then please um listen to those but the reason why i mentioned this number is because Tesla's sorry to interrupt you once again rupali msci what is msci for people who don't know MSCI is an American finance company which is headquartered in the, in New York. It provides a various different um indices um and an index is kind of so when I say MSCI USA it's all the stocks that are traded in the US. Um there are some rules that they filter stocks in and out in terms of liquidity um liquidity which is how easy it is to buy to find a buyer if you're selling and how easy is it to find a seller if you're buying um yeah. and so msci usa represents the us market basically so same so, as s&p 500 s&p 500 has the snp which stands for standard and poors which is another company that does similar things in terms of company ratings etc and yes you were telling us about msci usa losing 22% and um, yes. this general market performance yeah. in 2022 yeah so um a lot of yeah, 22s to- there sorry 22% in 2022 yes yes sorry. please <laughs> carry on <laughs> So uh yeah as Ms. Kalyani mentioned the various different indices we'll mention a few names now and then and so apologies if we don't clarify but S&P 500 is the top 500 com- companies in the US MSCI US covers a broader spectrum of companies so it's not just driven by the big few um uh, necessarily um and so that has lost 22% this year Tesla has lost about 55% this year so it is that much more than standard markets um and, and that's twitter just... has lost guess 
22% this year. <laughs> so it's in line with markets, basically. Yes, very much. Yes. So I would like to conclude that the hoo-ha, which is why we wanted to do a, an episode on Elon uh, today, is more so to do with his public persona, more so to do once again with the emotions around him and what he's built as his brand. When you and I go out in the world, we all have a certain personal brand, right? It's become a buzzword these days in marketing. But if you think of it in a very simple way, um, if I meet Rupali, uh, if I think of Rupali as well, I know the kind of person that she is from my interactions with her. And these days with social media, that obviously gets magnified in terms of what people choose to put out there for themselves, what persona to people choose to put out um, or be uh, in front of a large audience. We are talking about pu public personalities. We're talking about their PR machineries, their kind of current status in life, etc. that shows up in their media. And Elon Musk is one of these highly controversial people who, who kind of forces you almost to pick a side between loving him or hating him. And that's the reason behind him appearing on front pages of newspapers across the world today. No, and so I, just to add to that, I, I agree. I think it's... Um, there's one uh, thing that's the intention and then the second thing is how you go about it. While we may or may not agree with his style, he may come across as arrogant, he may come across as many different things. I think it's also what he's trying to do that should kind of really, you know, be taken into context when you decide how you feel about a person like that. And you can be neutral. I'm pretty neutral to Elon Musk. I find him inspirational, but I may or may not agree with his style. And so what he's trying to get at, right, he's trying to get at freedom of speech, he's trying to clean up Twitter, he's trying to, you know, his next uh, indication in terms of what he wants to do is converted into a finance company, which, like, I mean, who would have thought payments through Twitter, peer-to-peer -peer payments, that's like just next level. It's linked back to his industry of uh, X.com, which was an online finance company, which, as we said, became PayPal and, and got support by eBay. And so... That's kind of what he's trying to achieve. In conclusion, this matter brings to light the sentiments around a highly controversial personality such as Elon Musk. And this really speaks to his kind of public image and the impact that that has on the companies that he's associated with, in this case, Tesla and Twitter. As a shareholder of Tesla, I would be really worried about the way that this has been dealt with. And even though I think there is a fundamental value that the company provides in terms of its electric cars, etc., um, we need to see stronger, stronger leadership. And as of Twitter, the big update, and this is quite a unique thing for beginners to see in the stock market, is that the company has been delisted off the stock exchanges which means that it now is a privately owned company and any shareholders who held on to Twitter's shares are being paid at the rate of $54.2 per share. So this episode was just both of us having a conversation and breaking down something that's quite current and relevant in the news around us today. So with that, we bring this episode of our financial adventure to an end. Please follow us on all social media platforms at Fantastic Females. None of the information provided is financial advice. 
and Fantastic Females is not a financial advisor. The information provided is educational only. It is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances.